This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Your Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Joining me from Mr. Robertson's house, the Robertson Museum and Science Center, Michael Grasso, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to have you on. We've had quite the plethora of people since this whole thing started uh, coming in on the public affairs show with different views, but you're my first nonprofit uh, besides the United Way that uh, we're going to be talking to. Uh, since the pandemic reared its ugly head about mid-March, at least the museum wasn't isn't a seasonal thing where they were anticipating a seasonal open, although you do have like summer camps and stuff that you've you usually have, um, but all of a sudden the rug pulled out from under you guys too. outline for me just give me a layout of what happened as far as the museum over there on front street and what's been going on with you guys since everything started shutting down it's certainly been a challenging couple of months for roberson just like it has been for many nonprofits. um those of us who rely on people through the doors um we've We've certainly had some struggles. Um, since we closed down, we have had to cancel all of our classes. We have postponed fundraising events. Um, school groups that typically come in during the end of the year have all canceled, obviously, hopefully to reschedule. Um, and, you know, just not having not having the doors open to the public. So no admissions, no, no um, events. Um, the I feel so bad for the the folks who had weddings scheduled, um, mm. who have had to postpone all of those. Some of them were at Roberson, but you know, really everywhere. It's 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 been a difficult time, but we've we've managed to maintain uh, the majority of our staff uh, during this time. We've been working from home, making sure that we're still creating content um, and putting together. Um, different kinds of um, web-based activities for families to do while they're trying to figure out how to teach their kids um, what schools would normally be doing. So we've certainly stayed busy, um, but, yeah, it's it's been an interesting time. If there's a bright spot as far as the museum goes, at least you don't have to feed the exhibits. <laughs> like, like I mean, I, Ross Park Zoo. I feel so so sorry for them because you can't tell the lemurs that they're not going to get their you know sweet potatoes and bananas today, or you know, patience the sloth is patience in name. <laughs> right. you, you know, right. but but still, you you have some maintenance. You've got you know bills to pay and upkeep, and you can't just turn off the lights and the heat and everything else and just just walk away. You you still have some maintenance that goes into whenever it is the until the the museum can reopen again that's absolutely true and uh, roberson is lucky in that while our expenses have not decreased as much as the revenues have during this period of time um, they they have decreased we've been able to kind of mothball a few things that we would have had to spend some money on otherwise but yes we're we're not feeding any of the paintings or the sculptures or any of the taxidermied animals certainly um so th- that's that's been a, a bit of a bright spot but you're absolutely right the there are still utility bills we can't just 
turn off the heat or the air conditioning um, because our objects are historic. Some of them um, incredibly valuable, and we need to make sure that they're incredibly fragile too. Some of them uh, also very fragile. Yes, some mm-hmm. of them absolutely. Um, so. You know, there's still the the regular kind of bills. It's not just a matter of paying staff, which, of course, has its own large expense, but also just simply maintaining a structure. There's insurance, there's, you know, heat, there's electric, there's things that just have to keep happening, um, whether we're there or not. So um, it we chalk that up to just one more challenge as part of the cost of doing business. But, yeah, it's... It, some some weeks are easier than others to deal with the uh, the various stressors, and we're we're going to come through on the other side of this, which I'm grateful for. Uh, we've had a very supportive community who has really pulled together to help Roberson in the past, and I'm confident they'll do so again. Um, we're we're in a better position than many other organizations. I read a statistic that said that um, something like. Thirteen percent of museums are not planning to reopen at all. Ooh. That's not. It's not a matter of um, trying to reopen and then failing because they don't have enough money. They just won't even reopen. That's one in eight. It's a. It's a. It's a ridiculous statistic that just seems. Uh, it's disheartening. Um, I'm happy to say that Roberson won't be one of those, but that's really just due to the support of this community. On the other side of this, as you you you're always you and I've talked many times about keeping the 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 museum relevant and interesting to the changing age groups and the different populations that come and go in the community, the challenge of getting people to go out, first of all feeling comfortable coming on the other side of this. A museum is not a crowded place like a stadium or anything like that, but still you have issues you're inside in, you know, in a closed facility. But also with people with expendable income, disposable income, where they're going to be looking at some of these places, people may have jobs that aren't there anymore, about convincing them of the importance of things like going to a museum on on the other side of this whole thing, which is there is going to be another side some somewhere oh, yeah. down the road. <laughs> but yeah. how, how do you keep that that you know in the front of their mind that the museum is theirs, has been there, and is going to be there, and it's important to go to it and enjoy it? I think that part of that has to do with the protective measures that we can put in place and how effective we are at communicating those. We are planning on having different systems in place, certainly just like in the rest of New York State, everyone who visits will be required to wear a mask. Um, All staff who are out in public areas will also be masked. But in addition to that, we are calculating how many people we can have in each room. Um, Some museums are doing like a a follow the path kind of a methodology Mm -hmm. to keep people moving along, but Roberson isn't really set up for that. And I also feel like there are, you can't put people in a museum and and force them into a line. They need to be able to roam. That's the wonderful thing about museums is that if you are not interested in a particular topic that happens to be on exhibition, you just move on to someplace else, and that's fine. Some people are, they read the... They read the cards very carefully, explaining what every single piece is, and others just want an overview. They want to walk around and and enjoy their time. Right. So we're 
we're putting in place measures to make sure that people are able to stay safe um, and so that they can be comfortable. And uh, the point that you brought up about uh, disposable income is absolutely a valid one. Um, our, our members have been renewing their memberships, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, but we also understand there are going to be people who are strapped, quite frankly. And I, I think it's important to remind everyone that we still have a program that would also allow those people to come into the museum called the I Pay love It Forward program. program. That yep. is such a great program. <laughs> um, so for people who can't afford the cost of an admission or who need to prioritize their money in a different way, that's absolutely fine. We have a way for them to come into the museum for free. They come in, they take a magnet down off the wall, they hand it to the person at the um, at the admissions desk, and they're given a map, and they can walk around the same way that anyone else who pays an admission does, because those admissions have been prepaid by somebody else for them to use. And that is going, that has been going very well. I know we talked about it at Christmas time, that uh, that was a very popular thing. Then, have you got a nice little, lack of a better word, stash for, for when for when the museum does you know can reopen and people you know we've heard cabin fever. I mean, by the time the museum opens, people must be starved for arts and, and education. That's what we're hearing. We do have enough pay forwards, we think, to accommodate anyone who is interested in making use of them. Um, Obviously, it's a it's a finite amount, but we we think we've got enough to hold us over for a while yet. And we are also hearing that people want to get out of the house; they want to go do something. And certainly, people being able to go and get their hair cut is one thing, um, but uh, especially families are tired of screen time. Their kids have been sitting in front of computers for so long, and the the wonderful thing about technology is that. You can travel to the Louvre and the Guggenheim and the Met and the um, Museum of Modern Art via your tablet or um, smartphone even, but it's not the same experience no. as being in front of an object, a piece of art, a, a, a taxidermy animal. I mean, it, it gives you a sense of realness that you can't get online and people are absolutely um, really looking forward to being able to turn off their devices and to have an experience. Well, no, how, no matter how, how well the resolution is on your screen, you really cannot appreciate the brush strokes of a masterpiece from something that's on your, your screen. Yeah, and and being in the presence of something that is just intrinsically beautiful, whether or not, you know, certainly not all kinds of art appeal to all people, but again, Roberson is a place that has something for everyone, it seems like, um, based on our history, science, and art uh, mission, but just being around objects that have some kind of historical significance, they have a weight to them that draws you in. You can't help but want to stand and stare at something that is just incredibly unique, and you can't get that digitally. We're looking at arts education and that sort of uh, genre as the phase four of New York State's reopening. So we're looking not until 
at least, what, July? That's about right. We're hoping that if all goes as planned, we will be able to open in early July. There's still some discussion about the date, um, and that discussion is ongoing until everyone on staff feels comfortable with our new procedures um, for keeping the public safe. But I'm I'm optimistic that early July will be when we'll we'll be able to open our doors again and welcome people to the museum. And the first new exhibit is going to be Masks of the Pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start off with the ones from, like, the Black Plague with the whole uh, raven masks, and we'll progress through my pretty greyhound mask that my husband got me for my birthday. How's that? (laughs) Well, we are collecting. um, Museums are, they're not just meant to share things of the past, but they're meant to collect stories of the present for future people. So we are collecting various objects in order to be able to talk about this period of time in the in the southern tier at some point in the future after after all of this is over and it it will be over someday. Um, we have been collecting um, some handmade masks. We've been collecting uh, locally produced bottles of um, hand sanitizer and, and cleaning products and things like that. Just so that we can we can share this story of this is what our community did in order to help each other out. These are this is one of ten thousand cloth masks that were sewn by you know a, a woman living in Endicott. This is a a bottle of hand sanitizer that was created by a distillery. Um, the the wonderful thing about this community is that we are always here to help each other and. At some point, Roberson is also going to need to tell that story and what that looked like to people who weren't here and didn't experience it. And, it's, and there's so many stories to tell. Even us in the broadcast industry, very early on, uh, our chief engineer, that's the guy that's in charge of all the electronic stuff and various workings of the station, uh, he, through the the various national organizations and stuff, we were all given, and I guess it would happen around the country, we were all given special uh, papers to keep in our cars saying that we were authorized to drive around and to get gas if it came to that. So it's, it's things that people didn't realize that a lot of that was going out because we're considered essential services. Some days I, I don't feel agree. so essential. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you, you are essential services. Yeah, I mean, okay. <gasps> the, the, the media industry is providing vital information to people, and especially radio, where you don't need an Internet connection. All you need is, a, I don't know the technical terms, a transistor or whatever it's called, Um but I don't know any more these days either because I'm old and I remember the old radios. But anyway, hey, speaking of modern technology, uh, as we're running out of time, where do people go if they want to see some of the stuff that they've been missing at Robertson and to get some updated uh, information when we get closer to a reopening? How they can how can they find out more information about what is going on with the museum? We are updating our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of our social media on the regular, certainly. Uh, but we are also keeping our webpage updated that will have some resources available. So if you simply can't wait until the museum opens again, we have plenty of resources for um, child care providers to help them navigate some of the more complicated educational stuff that they're trying to impart upon their kids, but also um, our updated hours and announcements about our reopening will be on the website at roberson.org. 
Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for maybe some programs during the summer and some other stuff as we progress through this. Things change still on a day-to-day basis. Thanks for being my guest today. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Trinity. If you're in debt and